0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So I feel like that gospel is pretty self-explanatory. No... (laughs) This is how this goes, right? This is what I was saying yesterday, that this section from John's Gospel, known as the Last Supper Discourse or Jesus' High Priestly Prayer, John 14 through 17, it is just so rich and dense uh, and so theologically compact. And like I said yesterday, sometimes when you're reading these verses, you kind of go cross-eyed. You know, what are you saying here, John? So, all right, so instead of uh, attempting to unpack this entire section, I'm going to just zero in on one sort of pithy, punchy line for us to chew on, Um, give you one little stick of gum to chew on for the day. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with this. Jesus says, Holy Father, keep them in your name. That phrase, keep them, it derives from the Greek verb meno, meno, M-E-N-O, in the Derivative in the in the transliteration in the English. That verb meno is all over John's gospel in particular. What does meno mean? It means to abide, to remain, to stay within, right? Think of Jesus in John 15. He says, abide in me, as I abide in you, remain in me as I remain in you. The whole branches and vines. It's this whole idea that he's saying establish this deep organic connection, let us stay in this, right? He says, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me. Notice, he doesn't say keep them in the name that you have given me, but it's keep them in your name that you have given me. What name? Father. That's the name revealed through the Son, revealed to the Son and through the Son, that who God is, he is Father, right? As Jesus says, when you pray, say, Abba, which in English translates to something closer to dad. It's a term of deep endearment, deep affection, right? Jesus is here. He's praying to the Father, to Abba, that he would give the grace to Jesus' disciples that they would abide in, that they would stay in, that they would live in, remain in this name, right? Meaning the the identity and the relationship of the father that Jesus has received and that he's given away, right? To speak of a name also speaks of identity and relationship. So he's saying, let them stay in this reality of father to child that I have revealed to them, right? By nature, let me make this a little bit more clear. By nature, Jesus is the divine son of God, right? With the singular prerogative of referring to God as father, but he has invited us into his very life. He's invited us into his very identity by grace so that we call God our Father. Right? This is what he's revealing. Like what do we say right here in the Mass right before uh, we're bidden to pray the Our Father? At the Savior's command, meaning commanded by Jesus and formed by divine teaching. So this is taught to us by God. We dare to say. Have you ever caught that? Like, we dare to say this. that No human creature would have ever had the audacity to call God Father except if Jesus has told us to do this. Right? This is what he's revealing. We dare to say this. We dare to live into this relationship. Or think about what does Jesus say to Mary Magdalene on the morning of the resurrection? Go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God, right? So this is the name that Jesus, that the Father gave that he's inviting Jesus' disciples to stay in, to stay in this filial relationship established through the revelation of Jesus. Not the master-slave relationship, which is what the enemy is always trying to cast, that the relationship between God and humanity The enemy wants to get us to think as one between master and slave. It's not true. All right, so Jesus continues, so that they may be one just as we are one. Just like every father, God wants his children united, right? The unity of the Trinity, the unity, I'm sorry, the unity of the church is derivative from the unity of the Trinity, that our unity comes from the unity of the persons of the Trinity. And then he says this, when I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me. What does that mean? That Jesus is the one who is constantly protecting us from the enemy's lies and accusations that God is not our Father. That he is revealing endlessly, through especially his passion, death, and resurrection, that God is trustworthy. He's protecting us from the lie of self-sufficiency. He's protecting us from the lie of thinking that we ought to be afraid of God. He's protecting us from the lie that God is a rival. By the revelation of the Father, he protects our identity, is what he's saying. That he came to reveal the trustworthy heart and, he, the trustworthy heart and face of the Father. And when we know that, we get to live in the freedom The freedom of being a son, a daughter, a beloved child of God, which is what we were always meant to experience. So, one line, right? One line from John's Gospel here today. And that's just scratching the surface. Just an encouragement. I know it can be kind of a tongue twister. I know your eyes can go cross-eyed. But it's worth it to take time and just go slowly, line by line through this. And just ask. Because this is what I do. It's not like I've got, you know... It's not like I had a course in the seminary on, you know, how to interpret John fourteen through seventeen. You just sit. Father, what is Holy Spirit, help me, what is this saying? What are you saying right here? Right? This is what you have to do. What are you saying?